0: Morning. How are we? Great to have you all here. If you're visiting for the first time, welcome. If you missed last week for some unforgivable reason, good to have you back. Last week, we launched a brand new series called The Power of Same. We recognise that same in our current culture is often underrated, that that we're so uh, enamoured by what's new and what's next that we often miss the opportunities that God has for us in the context of same. The the big idea, which sounds paradoxical on the surface, is that the key to change is more of the same. And last week, I I launched with a a message called uh, called more of the same. The big idea last week, and you can catch it on our podcast if you missed it, is that God often wants to do something new in the context of same. And, and, and if we change the wrong things, we're gonna miss out on the opportunity that God wants to use the same to change the right things. Let me start today with a quote from Stephen Furtick. Stephen Furtick leads the church that uh, produced that open video. And he said this, the beginning of last year, resolutions are like, sorry, resolutions without routine are like Ferraris without fuel. They might look impressive, but they won't get you very far. And so we can start this year with some incredible resolutions, some lofty goals, but resolutions without routines won't get us anywhere because resolve can't change what bad routines created. Today's message, you avid note takers that most of you are, called The Problem is the Pattern. You open your Bible app. I know you've all downloaded that on your smart devices because you're smart people. Open that to John chapter 15. Last week, I finished the message and I actually offered an invitation to the entire church to join me this month of February reading. John chapter 15 every day. How, how are you going with that? How's everyone going with that? Anyone nailed seven from seven? Yeah, me too. Boy, we're in rare air. That's not good. I don't want that to be rare air. I want it to be, yeah, we all have. There's 48 English language versions on the Bible app. You can read 29 of them, one a day because it's a leap year uh, there. Louis, who uh, drives to work, uh, I, have a, I have about a six-paced commute to my work. Uh, Louie leaves the house. And she's discovered that the Bible app actually can read the Bible to you. So she has the Bible on chapter 15 read to her as she drives to work. Pretty cool. I know Pete uses that feature. And we did that and I've, and I've offered that invitation and you can jump in today. You, you only get to do 28, 21, 20, uh, 22, but it's better than zero. And uh, we did it because number one, Um, it's really important to build consistency in any correct endeavour. And reading our Bible is one of the most important things we can do. And building consistency in that is really critical. And there's a reason why consistency in Bible reading is important. One of my buddies leads a church in Manchester in the UK put this up on his Instagram. I reposted it during the week. Super challenging. Jesus replied, your mistake... This is, notice this, this is in uppercase in bold letters. In, in social media, it means it's shouting. My buddy chose this font to shout at you and me. Your mistake is that you don't know the Scriptures and you don't know the power of God. So the invitation is that we would build in consistency in reading God's Word this year so that you would know the Scriptures and we would know the power of God Um. And uh, so just ask yourself, don't put your hand up, and I'm not saying this to judge you, though it might challenge you and hopefully convict you, but how well do you know the Scriptures? Give yourself a mark out of 10. And, uh, and, and how, how often do you use them? How, how many coffee shops have you sat in with other people and, 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 and when you're talking about life, you're actually declaring God's Word over their life? How many times have you... Have you spoken God's word over your kids? Uh, how, many, how many reposts of God's word, not Jim Rowan's sales advice, have you put up on Facebook because God's word's important to you and that's your, your, your mechanism for building your life? It's really important. It's invitation. Here's why. So we're reading John chapter 15. I'm reading a different version each day, but I'm memorizing uh, the NIV. So uh, I'm a few verses in. Let's go, put it on the screen. You can tell you know, if I'm bluffing or not and it's not up on the back screen. I'll close my eyes. It's the words that Jesus said. It's some of his famous last words, actually. He was, he was gonna be uh, com- committed and, and crucified not long after he spoke these words to his closest followers. And he said to them, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so it will bear even more fruit. You are clean because of the words I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I also remain in you. And, and this is where I get a little bit tricked. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in In me. Now that third, fourth verse you see we've highlighted, remain, remain, remain. You read through to verse 10, Jesus kept on saying the same thing: Remain in me, remain in me, I'll also remain in you. Remain in my love, remain in me, I'll also remain in you. You won't bear fruit unless you remain in me. He he just and and it it's kind of like, oh, gee, come on, Jesus. You know, I'm looking for something new here. And you seem to be on a bit of an endless repeat. But here's the thing. There's a reason Jesus repeated it and that's because it's important. And not only because it's important, is because sometimes we don't need new information. We need deeper penetration of the information we've already received. You know, you don't get the Bible and go, nah, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it once, read it, read it hopefully you don't come here and, 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 and Mark Pomery's preaching and you go, oh, you yeah, heard that? Oh yeah, yeah, three years ago he told that story. Oh yeah, yeah, we preached about Gideon that time and here we go preaching about Gideon again. Because that's not the posture that's gonna see you grow. The posture that's gonna see you grow is when you're reading your Bible, when you're hearing biblical teaching is to ask the question, am I doing it? Because the information like a Ferrari without fuel, unless it's got application. And Jesus is big on the power of same. So He keeps on telling us to remain in Him and I'll remain in you and remain in me and I'll remain on you. You can't bear fruit unless you remain in me. He's big on the power of same. Because Jesus understands that the faith to step out is useless without the faithfulness to stick it out. See, when you've... When you see someone who's living a blessed life, living the kind of life that you think probably God would, would want for you, and I'm not talking about bigger cars and houses and paychecks. I'm talking about living the abundant life that Jesus promised. You can be sure that that person, that family, that they didn't just apply God's Word once and by some random fluke, it transformed their lives. You can be sure that they have been building their lives according to the pattern of God's Word, because patterns matter. Tomorrow is the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 50, go Panthers. And uh, I'll be watching it. Um, One of the teams who's my favourite team that won't be playing, boo, New York Giants. New York Giants have a wide receiver named Odell Beckham Jr. No relation to David Beckham. You'll see in a moment, he's black. Uh, This season... He took what many commentators uh, have described as the greatest catch, touchdown catch, in the history of American football. Check this out. Running back. Play action. And Manning's going to heave one. Is... Oh, there's a flag. Back from him. One-handed catch. How in the oh, world? Oh, my goodness. And Brandon Carr was back there. I mean, he is... Insane. How do you make that catch? Oh my goodness. This is sick. Put this to music. I don't think he stepped out either. That may that be the greatest heard, catch I've ever seen. Number 39. Decline, result of the play. Touchdown. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. That is absolutely impossible what he just did. That may be the greatest catch I've ever seen in my life. It's in the conversation. Wow. After being fouled. I mean, he was clearly fouled on the play. And that's clean. That's not. (laughs) That's ridiculous. He does it basically with his thumb and his forefinger. (laughs) That is ridiculous. Tom Coughlin said that young man has given all of us a lift. So, Chris Collinsworth, one of the commentators there, used words like insane, impossible, unbelievable. Pretty good, huh? Well, let me show you Odell Beckham's pregame warm up routine. Okay, yeah, it's one of those. How about the people standing there watching? Oh, my goodness. That's (laughs) impossible. Okay listen to tunes, okay, yeah, I got it, good. They can throw with either hand. How many of you grew up having heard the expression practice makes perfect? All right, I'm gonna do you a favour this morning. I'm calling BS on that. It's not true. Practice doesn't make perfect, practice makes permanent. So what's important isn't simply practice, it's practicing the right stuff in the right way, repeatedly. Repeat the right things until the routine produces the reward. That wasn't Odell Beckham Jr.'s first one-handed catch for the day. He has been repeating that because he understands that practice makes permanent. Um, 3rd of April this year, 2016, 3rd of April, so Sunday morning, uh, I'm going to be participating in an a, a, a enduro bike ride called the Five Dams Challenge. It's considered one of the top 50 uh, rides globally in the world, and it was a bit of a bucket list thing for me. Uh, this is it here. Uh, it's 235 kilometres. You start, in where the, the start and finish up there in South Perth, and you go out to Midland up to Mundaring, past the dam, that's first in the, in the five dams, from there through Stone to Canning Dam, Wongong Dam, Serpentine Dam and some other useless dam that doesn't bear mentioning. 335 k's, uh, it's a bit of a mountain goat ride, there's nearly 3,000 metres of climbing, you'll see it, you're either going up or down, except for the, the warm-up, which is to Midland, and then 70 very, very mind and buttocks numbing kilometres to finish down the freeway bike path. Now you have to do this uh, ride the way they set it up. You you enter it and you have to enter it as a pair. There's a, a buddy system. I think it's a safety thing. I, it's, I don't know. Maybe it's just stop you going insane. So last April, twelve months' notice, I invited my good friend Stuart Roberts, who was here to to do this. Now, Stewie's Stewie's got some athletic pedigree. Um, he he plays a bit of tennis and. Uh, and uh, he was doing some cycling, just sort of, uh, you know, fitness kind of recreational, you know, cycling. The mammal, the middle-aged man in Lycra, that was Stewie, um, named after him. And um, <laughs> so I, I put this invitation to, to Stewie. Stewie's actually, in fact, his uh, athletic talents aren't just, just limited to um, tennis and a little bit of cycling. Uh, several, of, several of us discovered that uh, Stewie is actually a pretty severe severely skilled exponent of the splits. We were on a dance floor at uh, Stephen Renardi's wedding, Friday night, 11th of December, at the Pagoda Ballroom on the dance floor. Stewie busted out four splits. I texted him the next day, because we have a song that we sing, um, I touch the sky when my knees hit the ground. And I said, text Stewie, I go, I will never be able to sing that song to Jesus without an image of your knees touching the ground, doing the split. Can you do it on cue or do you have to have a bit of a warm up? No, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on Stewie, be a sport, come on, give us a go. Look, hurry up, this is is not great podcasting. Okay, podcast people, Stewie, my 40 something year old friend is walking to the stage now. If you hear a loud popping sound, it may be a tendon or a hamstring, I'm not sure, but look, Look, whatever you end up doing. oh, oh! 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 Do, do, do you want, Does anyone want to capture that on, on, your, on your smartphone? Stewie, come on, come on, come on, come on. Hey, phone's out, come on, come on, come on, come on. No, come on, come on, this is, this is good. This is great. This, come on, one more time. Phone's at the ready. Video, Instagram, but look. Okay, wait. Everyone ready? Everyone ready? This is, it. This is what Justin Bieber has to live with. Everyone ready? Ready? Oh! Oh, 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 oh. oh All right. So, he's left skid marks on the stage, man. Uh, wow. So, anyway, I don't know. I knew I was going to work that into a message one day. I just didn't know it happened so quickly. Less than two months. So so I invited Stewie to partner with me on this ride. And um, it, 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 I was going to say it's going to be a bit of a stretch for him. But uh, anyway, so, um, you know, he's going to take Stewie from, a, from cycling into uncharted territory. So we're, we're doing a training uh, session um, just over a month ago up in Kings Park, doing some Kings Park hill repeats. And, um, and uh, I was, you know, a bit, a bit ahead of Stewie. I've got much more um, experience with this sort of thing. So I bit ahead of Stewie at one of the top of the climbs there. And he got to the top and he said to me, does Steve, Steve's our resident uh, bike shop owner and mechanic, does Steve sell tow ropes? <laughs> Stewie thinks he's going to attach his handlebars to my seat post, and I'm going to drag him around for 235 kilometers. And he had a bit of a look of terror in his eyes, and I said, listen, buddy, uh, you've got three months, and I'm going to coach you. I said, grasshopper, uh, I will give you pran. I will give you a three-month pran. It's my best Japanese. No, Miyuki, who's a resident half-Japanese girl, just left the auditorium, so... <laughs> obviously pretty offensive, so I'll switch back to English. Um, I'll give you a plan. You've got to get to where you can ride 235Ks and, 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 and climb a few hills. Uh, I'll give you a plan. It's going to be a three-month plan. It's going to have a monthly structure, and it's going to have a weekly structure. Your job is not to even bother even knowing sort of the, the thinking behind the plan. Your job to do two things. Is number one, keep the goal in mind. And number two, get up every day and just execute the plan. And uh, a month later, last Saturday, we were up riding. We were up through Araluen, Uh he, he tried to drop me, tried to leave me behind. He, he'd promised his eldest daughter, Danica that he was going to get ahead of me and get his video out and video me slow poking it, catching up. Just calm the farms, do we? Get ahead of yourself there, pal. Pretty cool, cycling through Araluen. I was watching the WA Weekender last night. They, you can book a helicopter to go from South Perth up to Araluen. I'm like, I got the twin engines right here, baby. Louis gave me a sympathy laugh for that joke. It's important to have a preferred future, a vision, a goal, and it's even more important to get up every day and... Execute the routine that's gonna see you achieve the goal because resolutions without routine are like Ferraris without fuel. They may look good, but they won't get you anywhere. Jesus said, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit and while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. It's kind of shocking, really. Read that first verse. Well, Jesus said, I'm the vine, the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. And, and, and then you think, oh, isn't that lovely? He picks the flowers as He walks through the fields and He smells their lovely bouquet. It's kind of this Disney-fied romantic vision. Uh, and yet Jesus then goes on to paint, not a Disney picture, but something of an Edward Scissorhands picture of God. That God goes around cutting stuff and pruning stuff and chucking stuff away and burning it We'll talk about that next week. You're snipped if you do and you're snipped if you don't. Snip, snip. Talk about that next week. But Jesus is starting to describe a pattern because patterns matter. That if we are not remaining in Him, we'll bear no fruit and He'll actually just cut us off and, 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 and get burnt. And then there's a pattern that when we are productive, He'll then prune and then... We remain in Him and we'll actually produce more fruit. The pattern is produce fruit. The pattern is remain in Him, produce fruit, get pruned, remain in Him, produce more fruit. Is see, is a pattern, right? Patterns, Matt is describing a pattern, a pattern. And the problem is for many of us, that we don't take time to consider patterns. There's a lot of, not a lot, there's some stuff that happens in our life, good and bad, that's just a bit random. Uh, You didn't see it you know, it's kind of a fluke. Uh, If it's good, sometimes it's a fluke. And if it's a disaster, sometimes it's even despite your best efforts, it's a disaster, You, you didn't see it coming. But I'd put it to you that the majority of what happens in our lives is actually far more predictable. And it's not predictable because we always know what's happening in the future, but it's predictable because our patterns create the produce. So I can actually look at the pattern of your life and I can tell you where you're gonna be productive. And I can look at the pattern of your life and I can tell you where you're gonna face problems. Not knowing the future in terms of, we don't always know the future, but, but if I can see the pattern, I can tell you, whether it's gonna be productive or otherwise. And so the big piece of advice that I wanna give you, and, and, and I haven't got much more to say this morning, but is if you don't like the product, you have to change the pattern. If you don't like the way your relationships are going, if you don't like the way your body feels, if you don't like your current debt level, if you don't like running around from this thing to that thing to the next thing, always rushed, stressed and exhausted, those things are the product. And we only change the product by first changing the pattern. You can curse at your loneliness all you want, but if you're not working on the pattern, you're gonna continue to be lonely. You can scream at your credit card statement when it arrives, all you want, but unless you change your spending patterns, you won't change the product. You can cry next time a calendar reminder pops up on your smartphone. You can throw the smartphone in the bin, but unless you change the pattern, you won't change the product. Hurry sickness. The problem isn't the product, the problem is the pattern. Now look, i about three minutes and I'm done. But buckle up right now because I'm coming after your excuses. Normally I don't offer a warning and I'm not gonna offer an apology. I'm gonna say what I just said. You won't change your financial situation if you don't change your spending patterns. Debt does not just magically disappear because you wish it to. It doesn't even magically disappear because you pray that it will magically disappear. It was created by a pattern, spending more than you earn, relying on the generosity of Visa and MasterCard to allow you to keep spending more than you earn. You won't change your financial situation if you don't change your spending patterns. You won't change your relationship climate if you don't start investing in other people. Well, I don't have any friends, okay. So get busy making them. And it's going to magically appear if you don't invite people to your house for lunch, if you don't initiate a pattern of building relationships. You won't change your health if you keep eating like a teenager and moving like a pensioner. You won't change your career path until you improve your work ethic. Lazy people don't get promoted. You might be asking, <coughs> this is a church and uh, I thought Jesus was the one that does the changing because our mission as a church is to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus and we actually say that He is the one that does the transforming and we trust that He does the transforming. In fact, we trust Him so much to do the transforming that we don't feel that we have a need to go around and tell everyone what they're doing wrong and point it out and talk about them behind their back. We decided we're gonna spread the gospel, not the gossip and trust that as we lead people to Jesus that He'll do the transforming. So it sounds a little contradictory if I'm saying that it's up to us to change the pattern, but it's Jesus' job to do the transforming, right? But actually, <laughs> it's a famous conversation I have with, with, with leaders. Can God bless a bad coffee shop? Is the question I ask leaders. Can God bless a bad coffee shop. You get lost one day and find yourself in the back waters of somewhere down this cul-de-sac street that's got all potholes in it. And at the end of that cul-de-sac street is a coffee shop. And uh, Stu and I, we we went past one on a ride up in a rolly stone when you go past those sorts of coffee shops, they invariably have a blackboard sign at the front that says best coffee in Perth. So that you already know that there's a very high level of delusion from the owner because ain't no way that that coffee shop is the best coffee in Perth. Because if you really are desperate and you decide to push past the the rainbow coloured plastic stripped flycatcher that they have in the doorway and ignore the flashing things bought $10 sign that says open, it's pretty alluring. Boy, that's really gonna get my attention. And I, you know, I could go on and on. And then you get to meet the owner and they say, oh, boy, so glad to have you here. You're the first customer we've had in seven months. And uh, you know what? I don't know. I started this coffee shop because I wanted to build a business that I was going to be able to give money, more money into my church. And uh, for seven months, I've been praying God to bless my coffee shop. And we haven't had a single customer and it seems like God's not answering my prayer. And you have to say, he's not answering your prayer because your coffee shop stinks. Even God's too loving to send us to places that serve bad coffee. Transforming's not all up to us, but we have to give God something to work with. And and what we give Him is a pattern. The way I would encourage you to pray is to, first of all, if you... You may have identified some problems in your life. That's the easy part. Identifying problems, easy. I'm, I'm too stressed. I'm always rushed. I don't like the way my health situation is. My credit card statement sucks. That's the problem. And that's, that stuff's the easy stuff to identify. It's not always easy, not always easy to identify the problem or, so, so maybe pray for that. God, what is the pattern that, that's causing me to get this product? Maybe that so maybe pray that, or <laughs> or pray that you'll admit to the pattern. 12 step program, step number one, I admit I have a problem. And then pray for God to give you the strength over time to change the pattern. Because you, you may, have, you may have become so good at that pattern, because you've been doing it for 30 years, that that you're so good at it. You've cut that groove so deep that you can't turn it around in 30 minutes. So so I I would encourage you to pray, God, help me better understand the pattern that's producing the problem. Give me the strength to commit to changing that pattern and the endurance, consistency, the power of the same. That's the stuff to pray with. And God says, if you can change... The pattern, he can change the product. He will add his Holy Spirit right into the middle of your commitment to changing the product by changing the pattern. Now, uh, I want to highlight a blind spot. Um, The enemy he doesn't want us to change the, the bad patterns and he doesn't want us to take up the good patterns. He doesn't want us to produce fruit. He wants us to be the people that don't produce fruit and get cut off. And so what he does is that he starts to whisper in the ear, we call him the chatterbox, that, that you don't have bad patterns, that in, actually you somehow are the bad pattern that you do. You may, you know, be saying, I'm, I'm I'm just a bad student. And the enemy would want you to keep repeating that, I'm just a bad student, I'm just a bad student, until you get to the point where you start to think it's a personality trait. Oh, I'm just not disciplined. Just not disciplined. And the enemy would want you to keep repeating that until you start to think it's an ethnicity. I'm from undisciplined land. But you're not a bad student and you're not undisciplined. You simply need to work on patterns that will make you a better student and work on patterns that will help you be more organized and more disciplined. It's the problem is the pattern, not the product. And the devil would want us to confuse our decisions with our destiny, somehow that we're stuck with the patterns that we've got. And I say this repeatedly, the power of same. I say this repeatedly. With God, what you start with isn't what you're stuck with, because He does the transforming. I want to do, do one last thing. It's another invitation. And that's for those of you who actually have never made a decision to follow Jesus. You know These words that he spoke, he spoke to his closest followers. That relationship was initiated by Jesus walking up to them and saying, hey, come follow me. And he makes that same invitation to every single one of us. Many of you have accepted that invitation, said, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. But for those of you that haven't, we want to give you that opportunity right now. And all I want you to do in a moment, for those of you that want to say, yes, Jesus, I will follow you, I just want you to put your hand up and and when I see your hand, you can put it down. And you're just putting your hand up to him, not to me. God, that's me. Jesus, I want to follow you. I'm making that decision today. And uh, then we'll just quickly pray together. So just while I'm looking around, if you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, just quickly slip your hand up, let me see it, and then you can put it down. And then we're going to pray.